James chapter 2. Would you go with, uh, go with me there to James chapter 2 in your copy of God's Word? James chapter 2. Last week we noted here the challenge from James to believers that works. That is, obedience to God's word is evidence of a living faith. We heard James say this in verse 14, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? And the idea here being is that can that kind of faith, is is that sort of faith a saving faith? And we noted that James, of course, is not saying that one is saved by his or her good works. But he is saying that the kind of faith that is saving faith is the kind of faith that is shown or shows or is proven by its works. Also known as, and I emphasize this, important when we think about good works, also known as obedience to God's word. Obedience is the evidence of true faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So James is saying that where there's genuine faith, there's also obedience. There's also works, good works. Now, we come to the final proof that James gives that this is true, and it is illustrated by James in two examples from the Scriptures that genuine faith produces good works. Genuine faith produces obedience, a changed life. And I want you to look with me at these examples beginning in verse 21. Verses 21 through 26, follow along in your copy of God's Word as I read. James 2.21, Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that Faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness, and he was called a friend of God. You see, that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. And in the same way was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way. For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. Now, in our look at James 2 last week, we noted that James was challenging us Challenging those who claim to follow Christ, challenging those who, who say they believe that faith does, that does not produce good, good works is a dead faith because it's possible to say you believe and not have true faith, saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not real faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that does not result in a changed life that does not result in obedience. And now James is showing us by the real-life examples of Abraham and Rahab what a living faith looks like. So starting with Abraham, James asks, verse 21, look at it again, Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? And the obvious answer James expects is, Yes, absolutely. If you don't know or don't remember the real-life example of Abraham's faith, God had asked Abraham, told Abraham, 
commanded Abraham to offer up his long-waited-for and only son, Isaac, as a sacrifice. I want you to listen to the account from James 22. James 22 says, After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. He said, Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac, and he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey, and I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son, and he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they went, both of them, together. And Isaac said to his father, Abraham, My father? And he said, Here am I, my son. He said, Behold the fire and the wood. But where's the lamb? Where's the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went, both of them, together. When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, And he said, here am I. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to harm him. For now, I know that you fear God. Seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes. And looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his thorns, by his horns. And, and Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of the place, the Lord will provide, as it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore and your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies. 
and in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Do you see here? Do you hear here? Abraham's faith was a living faith, was an active faith, was a working faith. You hear it in that passage, don't you? Abraham's faith was real. Incredible what he was willing to do because God said so. And he believed God and trusted God. So James says here in verse 21, Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? And we say, absolutely, yes. And that's... And that's the answer James expects. Now, some argue that what James says here is contradicting what Paul says about Abraham's faith, that God declared him righteous based on his faith and not his works. Paul says this in Romans chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. What then shall we say was gained by Abraham our forefather according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works... He has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scriptures say? Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. There's no contradiction here. There's no contradiction between what Paul says in Romans and what James says here in chapter 2, if you understand that Paul was emphasizing the importance and priority of faith. Is faith important? Absolutely. It must come first, right? The importance of priority of faith, says Paul. That's, that's important, and it is important. And then James is emphasizing here the evidence and the results of faith. So in effect, they are arguing the same thing from two different perspectives. Paul's saying, make sure, make sure you understand that you must believe, you must have faith. And James is saying that if you have faith, you will have works. And they're arguing the same thing. I think that's clear in how James argues here that faith was the compelling force behind Abraham's obedience. Faith is what, what made Abraham obey and, and be willing to do that incredible thing, sacrifice his only son. Incredible. Keep going here. Look at verses 22 to 24. I think it's clear here. How, how James argues here that faith was the compelling force behind Abraham's obedience. Verse 22, you see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed, or, or I think the idea here is shown by his works. And the scripture says, verse 23, was fulfilled. It says, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. And you hear in that passage and in the passage I just read from Paul, they both cite the same Old Testament passage, don't they? So here's James challenging those who say they have faith. That this is what genuine faith looks like. Genuine faith leads to and is the compelling force behind obedience. Genuine faith compels us to obey. Genuine faith says, I don't need to earn 
the righteousness of Christ. I don't need God's righteousness. I have it. It's a gift. Now I want to obey. I want to please God. But the so-called faith that fails to lead to obedience is a dead faith, says James. A living faith, an active faith, a true faith is the is the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ, that will lead to obedience. That will see and find its fulfillment in action, a working faith. Not working so that you can earn anything. It's a working out of the faith that is growing in you the showing forth of the faith that is working in you. And Abraham is not alone as an example of this. James also points to Rahab. Look at verse 25 again. And in the same way was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way. Now, in pointing to Rahab, James says here, look at verse 25. He says, in the same way, right? And he is pointing out that this is the same truth as seen in Abraham's case. This is the same truth illustrated in another life, a different life, a very different life. Note also that in using the example of Rahab, the harlot, the prostitute, he's showing by stark contrast the far-reaching and universal application of this truth that, that one is justified by faith, not by works, not by anything you have not done. <laughs> I've not been that bad. Shouldn't God be okay with me? I'm sorry. All have sinned, right, and fall short. And so by using Abraham and then pointing to Rahab, I, we are getting almost two extremes here. And, and this marvelous truth, this far-reaching and universal application of justific- justification by faith is incredible, isn't it? And, and that is the grace of God. And here are two people so very different, but the same truth applies to them both, and to you and to me. Praise God. In Joshua 2, we learn of the account of the two men whom Joshua had sent to spy on the city of Jericho. Providentially, I believe, God led these two spies to the house of a prostitute who would actually help help them hide And when she realized the men were being pursued by soldiers, she took them to the the rooftop, the flat rooftop. Now, not only does she hide them on her rooftop, but she she lies to the soldiers. And on that note, let me just say this. The, The Bible tells us that she lied, but does not condone that she lied. And I say that that's important because I, I don't think the Bible justifies that her, her lie was all right. Because who is in control here? God's in control, correct? God certainly is using this woman to hide the spies, but she doesn't need to lie. Is God not capable of providing a way of escape for them on his own? She doesn't, he doesn't need her lie, but she doesn't realize this. But the point of the passage here and, and the remarkable thing that I, that I want to draw from Joshua 2 is this. It's her conversation with the two spies on a rooftop, which is incredible. Listen to her proclamation of faith. Listen to Joshua 2, verses 8 through 11. Before the men lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that the fear of you has fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land melt 
away before you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt, and when you did, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, to Sion and Og, when you devo- uh, devoted, uh, whom you devoted to destruction. And then verse 11, and as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted, and there was no spirit left in any man because of you, for the Lord your God, he is God in the heavens above and on the earth beneath. Do you hear the proclamation of faith in her statement? And then, later in Joshua 6, in verse 25, after God had led Joshua and his army to take the city of Jericho, we hear this, But Rahab the prostitute in her father's household and all who belonged to her, Joshua saved alive, and she has lived in Israel to this day because she hid the messengers whom Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. And then... Back to the New Testament, Paul writes, Hebrews 11, verse 31, by faith. Do you remember? By faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. Do you see, do you hear that that Rahab, a sinful woman who is is changing, she she has faith in the one true God, And that by faith, she works. By faith, she has a working, living, active faith. And the point of all of this, as James uses Rahab as an illustration of one who had faith in God, which was shown by her works, look at verse 26 again in our passage here in James 2. For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. In other words, genuine faith and obedience cannot be separated. Rahab's works were far different than those of Abraham's, yes? But both Abraham and Rahab clearly show that genuine faith produces good works. Genuine faith produces shows itself clearly in obedience to God's word. But you need to know this today, that a living faith can only begin by receiving Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. A living faith receives life through faith in Jesus Christ. It's just as we heard in our time of communion this morning in Romans chapter 3, verses 23 and 24, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. We are saved by God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone. We are made right with God through the redemption that is ours in Jesus Christ. Praise God. And then, and then, as we hear from James today, our faith begins to show itself. Our faith begins to evidence itself and prove itself by our obedience to God. So as James says, just 
It's in verse 26. It's just as the body apart from the spirit is dead. So also faith apart from works is dead. Just as the body apart from the spirit is dead. So also faith apart from works is dead. I'm not asking you today to prove your faith by your works. I'm asking you to trust Jesus Christ and him alone. Put your faith in Jesus Christ. Trust in his word. Hide his word in your heart. And then walk in obedience to God. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? That's a strong challenge from James, isn't it? And it is an important challenge that we must heed if we're going to honor God, the true faith, and the obedience that follows.